Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Home Builders. We're going to go ahead and get started. We do have a verse from uh, Pastor Jonathan's message this morning, and if you were not in the service or you didn't get to hear it yet, please go back and listen. That was an excellent message. Great reminder, very encouraging, especially if you're going through some stuff right now. So let's say this together. I think this is right. Lamentations 3, 55 to 58. I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not ignore my cry for relief. You came near whenever I called you. You said, do not be afraid. You championed my cause, Lord. You redeemed my life. A mom who's worthy of praise. You know, when I think of my mom, she was a woman worthy of praise. I mean, and I want to just say this right at the beginning so that no one feels guilty. Or, you know, sometimes Proverbs 31 woman is this, this person that seems unattainable. But God's word does that intentionally for us. I mean, the Bible also says for all of us as, as men and women and followers of Christ, the Bible says be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Be holy as your heavenly father is holy. I mean, those two passages of scripture alone, and then you talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, this woman who got up early, made, you know, did all the things that she did, was a businesswoman outside, took care of her home, provided for her family, provided for her children, uh, did everything from sunrise to sunset and afterwards and beforehand. You know, it's, it's, it's un, unattainable, but yet... I think the goal is in all of this is that we find this desire to be more than the status quo. That we continually strive for, for me to become holy as the Father is holy. That I will be perfect as, the holy, as God is perfect. And the bottom line becomes it's only – it's not me though. It can't be, it can't be you, ladies. Um, you know, that's not your burden you work with the, it's only by the power of God in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life, that can do any of this for all of us. That we desire that, we, we move to that, but we also, we, we strive for it. It's something that we're passionate about and, and striving for holiness and, and striving for that passion to be what God wants us to be. And in Proverbs 31, 28 says, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And I think it's, I think we need to take time always, not just on Mother's Day, but throughout our, our lives, throughout the year, to focus on appreciation. Amen? To be able to say, I appreciate all that you do. Don't take each other for granted. Appreciate one another. You know, everyone has a desire to feel loved and supported. Everyone wants that. Okay? But how does a mother learn what to do to be loved and supported in 2021? We live in a very weird culture today. We live in a culture in which there's pressures uh, on women of all types in order to, what is, you know, we live in a woke and canceled society. We, you know, we, we live in a culture in which everyone walks on eggshells at times. You know, cultural expectations have changed so much in the last 50 years. And there's things that have happened over those times that, under, it's understandable. How does the mother know what's expected of her today? So let's talk through this a little bit. What do mothers believe their roles are today? Give me some thoughts, ladies or men, but I would like to hear from moms today too. What are, what's expected of you today? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's an excellent point. Social media has truly impacted the role of moms today and women today in general. Somebody else said something over here. Was it, did I hear everything? Everything. They're expected to do everything, you know? What else? Anybody else have a thought? Yeah, Bob. Depending on the age of the women that are in this room, some of you are, are young and you grew up with, with technology, devices, computers. Others of you were like, not so much. And you had to learn or you're still in the process of learning and it's like, is it even healthy? Is it even good? You know, are these things even right? What's the greatest needs of a mother today? Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> Amen to that. Sandy. Some women love it, others not so much. You know, they don't want to be under that pressure to know everything. And that, that strict the issues that come there. What else? What are the greatest needs of moms? To be appreciated. To be appreciated and encouraged. To be built up. Men, sons, daughters, do we take the time to build up and encourage mom? What can we do to meet those needs? So we've mentioned encouragement. What else can we do? Yeah. Step in and helping. Step in and helping. Yeah. Men know how to wash dishes. Y'all did it before marriage. Yeah. Men know how to cook and do laundry. Like like a, a lot of the assumed, the scripture works to the men who step in and go, let me give you a break. Yeah. Men are very appreciative of that in many ways. Yeah. And I think even doing it without being asked. Right. Now, but there's nothing wrong with the ask. Uh, I always, I've said this for probably well over two decades teaching this class, but ladies, sometimes we make the assumption, you make the assumption that your husband gets it. Don't, you know? The, the issue is, is that be willing to give the ask. But, the, the, but you, sometimes women and moms get frustrated because they assume based on their, you know, the fact that they know exactly what they need and they think their husband should get it. And sometimes they just don't, it's, it just flies over their head. And I don't understand why, but that's the case. In fact, what, what, here's, a, here's a, something very simple, okay? This has nothing to do with mothers or Mother's Day, this analogy, but I think it's a principle that I think people would understand. I'm constantly amazed at the number of leaders, even on the campus of Liberty, who have no clue about Administrative Professionals Day. 
whether their administrative professional is a female or male, but most of the time it's a female. I'll go, hey, don't forget, it's administrative professional's day. Now I also have a wife who reminds me as well, okay? But I will, I, I, we remember each year and it's like, guys, it's what? Boy, that one ran over my head. I didn't, I didn't know there was a day, you know? It's like, <laughs> say what? You know, but we can take people for granted. We don't even consider things that are important to them. And uh, they'll, they'll walk into an office and go, what's the balloons for? Oh, Administrative Professionals Day. And then you know, some of them will call their, somebody, hey, get them flowers, take it to the office quick for me. I'll pay you back. clothes after his laundry <laughs> in a short period of time based on his, his skill. And he still does the vacuuming. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, you know the, the, I love, you know, Cheryl has taught me so many things. I mean, it, throughout our, our relationship, before we were married and after we were married, she taught me what, what love was. You know, I didn't really understand love. Um, and she taught me that principle. And I, you know, years ago I shared the fact that uh, I used to write when we were, we were basically seeing each other long distance. And I, I would write letters to her and she would write letters to me and she'd perfume her letters, you know, and all this, it's like, oh, I got to the mailboxes. Oh, it's from Cheryl, you know, it was awesome. This is great, you know. And uh, one day I left one of her letters on my, desk in my dorm room and my roommates saw it and they started making fun of me and they started laughing they go and dump this chick and I said you know wait, wait no she's really special guys yeah right because I'd write her letters and I'd say love Lou and she said your friend Cheryl that's how she responded in every single letter to me your friend Cheryl and so the guys made fun and so I called her one night I made steakums in the hall to make enough money to get quarters to, to, to call her up. And I called her up and I called her, I was frustrated. You know, in the, in the dorm back then, you, you only had one hall, you know, phone and we didn't have cell phones and all that kind of stuff. So I called her on the phone and I said, she gets on the phone and I said, Cheryl, I didn't talk to you, I don't get this. And uh, you, why, why, you know, why can't you just say, love you? You know, why can't you say, she goes, Lou, I have never used that word to any man other than my father. The day I say, I love you, that word means a lot to me. It's not some trivial word that I just throw out to anybody. She said, the day I say I love you is the day you'll never have to question it again. And I was like, okay, that makes sense, that's good. And I'll, you know, I'll never forget, you know, she went off to another college and, and I, I was down at Liberty and she said, you know, Lou, you were my first date, I won't go into the whole thing, but. She said, you know, I'm going to go up and but I want permission. I'm not asking permission, but I'm going to date with the guys just to make sure you're the one for me. And I was like, yes, that's fine. I didn't want that. Didn't like that. No, it wasn't fine. 
<laughs> exactly, you know. But I understood it because I never wanted her to question, was I the right one? I wanted her to know that. And I traveled with Liberty uh, for Liberty about at least two or three weekends every month. And I was down in North Carolina. It was September. She was at the other college and I was there. She just came back from a date. And I called her on the phone. I'm actually, it's raining outside. I'm in a van calling from a payphone in North Carolina next to a convenience store. You know how they used to have phone booths outside of convenience stores? And I'm sitting there calling her. I called up the hall and they said, get Cheryl Blues on the phone. So they had to go to her dorm room, get her, and come around again. And uh, she gets on the phone, and she said, I love you. And I've never questioned it since. But there's so many things that we, we, we learn from each other and we do for each other. But in the process of all of this, so much is sacrificed. So much is done. And what we do, what we need to do for each other is, you know, this life is tough. Would anybody agree with that? Is life tough at times? Challenging at times? We've got too much criticism in this world. We have too much negativism in our world. We need to encourage one another, to build each other up, to help one another out to support one another and encourage that. I'm not gonna take a lot of time today with this lesson because I know many of you are wanting to go various places and so I don't want to belabor our time together. But I wanted to talk about the characteristics of a godly mother. And I'm using this time to look through the, the term mother. And again, these are for, in relation, some of you in here are moms, others of you are not. But all of us had a mom. And that characteristics of a godly mother that, that we should appreciate. If your mom is still living, let her know. Um, and I just, I pray that this will be a blessing to us today. Meekness. The M stands for meekness. A godly mother is meek and humble before God and others. Someone read these passages for me. Matthew 5, 5, James 4, 10, and Philippians 2, 3. Someone go for that. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Humble yourself before the Lord. You know, the meek will inherit the earth. And unfortunately, a lot of times you feel the burden and the weight of the world on your shoulders. You have inherited the earth. You've inherited all that comes with it in that relationship. But the Lord says meekness, though, is this. The word meek literally was the bit that went into a horse's mouth. And it's literally strength under control. The strength of the horse is controlled by the rider because it's that meekness that even though you have the right and ability to maybe even retaliate at times, by strength you choose not to. Meek. Jesus was meek and lowly, the Bible says. Was he a weak person? Does meek equal weak? No. no. But he was strength under control. He could have called down legions of angels and said, I'm done with these people. I am not going to go to the cross for them. But he did. He had that strength under control. 
And he did nothing out of selfish ambition. So God has called moms to be this woman who is meek and humble, to be able to encourage and without selfish ambition or conceit, consider others better than oneself. A mother is also full of optimism. A godly mother is not controlled by her circumstances, but is optimistic because her hope is in the Lord. See, it's not that it's not necessarily in our circumstances. <laughs> our life circumstances never necessarily get easier. Our life circumstances don't always get better. But what we can do with God's strength is to be able to trust in the Lord through all these circumstances. And that that optimism is amazing. And I and I can say that these are characteristics of my wife Cheryl in so many ways. That she's encouraging and optimistic. Psalm 25 5 says, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And that optimism and that hope that we have in the Lord can only come from him. Can only come from the Lord himself. And God will give you that strength, ladies, to be optimistic regardless of your circumstances. Trust. Many women face the future with fear and frustration because their trust is in worldly things. But a godly mother trusts in the Lord. Her faith and commitment to God encourages her family to believe in the Lord. That her commitment, that, and sometimes you feel like you're all alone in this or that nobody's listening. You're, you, you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. You know, it's like, what's going on? I keep saying the right things. I keep asking them to do the right things. And sometimes they just don't seem to be listening. But you know what? God's Holy Spirit's working through it all. And one day, Lord willing, they'll rise up and call you blessed. Someone read for me Psalm 143, 8 and Romans 15, 13. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. For in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. His mercies are new every morning. We heard that this morning. They're new every morning. I hope that you can. It, sometimes others control your time. You feel like everything, everyone's dictating your time. But you've got to set aside time for you and the Lord. And to focus on that time with you and the Lord. And maybe it's the admonition of the Proverbs 31 woman to get up earlier than everybody else. Because once they get up, light is crazy. The noise distracts us. And it becomes very frustrating. But we know in the morning that God's love is Unending, It's absolute. And she trusts in the Lord. But it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not in our, we, we don't have the strength. You don't have the strength, ladies. You can't muster enough strength to do what you need to do on a daily basis. It's impossible. But God can give you that strength. God can give you that hope. God can fill you with that love uh, that's so needed in our culture today. And at the end of the day, let me just say this. Um, the Holy Spirit just prompted this to say it, and I'm going to say it. At the end of the day, we wonder, did we, do the, did we do enough? Did we do enough? Was I godly enough? Was I hopeful enough? Was I, did I, 
You've got to put that in the Lord's hands. You've got to put that in the Lord's hands. Your kids, you've got to put in the Lord's hands. Your spouse, you've got to put in the Lord's hands. God needs to work in their lives. For example, Dr. Falwell Sr., his life verse was Philippians 1.6. Does someone have that memorized? I do, but do you have anybody have it memorized? Can say it? Being confident in this very thing that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perform it. Where's a mom's responsibility in that? What, where's your job to make sure everybody turns out okay? Where is that? It's not there. God is at work. You can take that burden off of your shoulders to say, mom or dad, I, we did with God's help the best we could. And now they have got to take this on as their own and walk in that together. I will constantly pray. I will constantly strive. There may be times when they, they're not living for the Lord the way they should. And sometimes they're on the mountaintop. Praise the Lord when you have those experiences. But in all of it, it's God's responsibility. It's God's thing. And it's his, what he will do. The H stands for helpfulness. A godly mother lifts up her head, hands to help her family as well as her neighbors in need. Titus 2, 3 through 5 and Proverbs 31, 20. Someone read that for me. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of the Lord may be reviled. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. We see this, as, again, it's, it can be almost overwhelming, but there to be reverence in the Lord, these, the older women. And I, I, the class that meets before us here has a mentorship relationship with the older couples are mentoring younger couples. And I think it's a, a great design that they have for this, their class. Not slanders or, or slaves to wine. And, and unfortunately, we see this even on, on Facebook. And I'm not here to condemn anyone for doing this, but you, know, you, you see this you know, wine that becomes um, a drug of, of hope. It's, it, it's Friday. I finally reached Friday, and I'm reaching for my comfort. And it's, it, it, it can be very frustrating and sad that that becomes, rather than the Lord, it becomes the glass. They're to teach what is good, and so train the young women. You would think that loving your children would be natural, but in our culture today, it's not. And our culture is upside down today. Is it really the responsibility of moms to love their children? Absolutely. To be self-controlled and all these things. And she says, and not only does she do those things, but she opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She considers others in, in this process. And men, males, hua or hua, depending on where you. In all of this. Sometimes your wives get you to do things that you don't necessarily like to do, but, but you need to be there for them because they, they have a heart and a passion for people. It, 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 hey, we need to go to Sam's and get this. We need to go to the store and get that. And you're like, again? 
keep on keeping on. Support and encourage that because God has called us to do that. And God calls women and God, a godly woman will do that. She'll see the needs of others and want to meet that. And we just come alongside to support and encourage that. Endurance. There are many women who get discouraged and give up trying. It's easy to do. But a godly mother knows that failure is not fatal. She keeps on keeping on through the, though the road is difficult. She endures the storms of life. Romans 15 forces for whatever was written in former days was written for our instructions that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now, why would I add that here? Here's the reason for it. The scriptures have been given to us for encouragement. Can I ask this question? Were there, were there some godly women in the Bible? Were there some wicked women in the Bible? Yes. Were there some godly men in the Bible? Yes. Were there some, some sinful men in the Bible? Yes. God wrote those for us. God gave that to us to learn. We can, we can see it in somebody else's life. So that why? We learn, <laughs> we learn from their example. We don't make those same mistakes. Now, and if we do, failure's not fatal. God's love, his mercies are new every morning. His love endures forever. God will never leave us nor forsake us. But he can be grieved because of our sin. He can be quenched. The spirit can be quenched because of our sin. But God desires us that when we do sin, he's to confess our sin. And he's faithful just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 and 3. Someone read that for me. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly remembering you in our prayers, mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope to our Lord Jesus Christ. Remembering each other in prayer constantly of your faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in the Lord. And pray for one another. Pray for moms. Pray for them as they have so much going on and life can get so discouraging. It seems to be overwhelming at times. Pray for them constantly. And finally, godly mothers relational. Most women are relational, but a godly mother is relational with a purpose. She relates to her husband with respect. Ephesians 5.33, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. A woman's, I believe from scripture, the, the woman's greatest need is love and security. I think a man's greatest need is respect, to be built up and encouraged. A godly mother will see this need and, and uh, Cheryl, I think, is reading through a book right now called a modern day night, raising, raising a modern day night for our grandson to learn how our grandsons to learn how to do that more effectively, how to build them up. And we need that. We need that kind of encouragement. And husbands are to love our wives unconditionally as we love ourselves. And ladies, we need you as godly women to, to respect, to value, to build us up. Um, I can't tell you the number of times Cheryl after, you know, whether I, some of you are like, 
I fell asleep during a sermon. The lesson was, it was good, but I was like, I'm tired. You know, she's like, man, that was a great lesson. Man, here's what I, you know, she's always encouraging to me. I was so supportive of that. And I'm so built up by that. Many of you are obviously very kind in that way, but we need that in our lives. We need that encouragement. Otherwise, we get discouraged easily and, and we feel like quitting. And so, ladies, understand that your role as a wife really encourages that. As a mom, Ephesians 6 1, someone read that for me. One of the kids, give me one of the kids in the class today, read that. Does that mean that you're only to obey your dad? No. <laughs> Mom is there. Children obey your parents in the Lord. Like you would, in other words, in the Lord is like you would the Lord. Okay? In other words, obey your parents in the Lord. How should we obey the Lord? How should we obey our parents? moms. 1 Thessalonians 2, 6 and 7 says, Nor do we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands of apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. The sacrifices that a woman makes, even the nursing of a child, I think of the sacrifices you make as a nurse to take care of people. Those that have had to deal with spouses as they got older that became ill and providing for needs that you didn't normally have to take care of. Incontinence and issues of great burden. So many of you do things, you know, even the taking care of the needs of people that others would be like, I just couldn't do that. But you do. Everyone's difference in that, but God is there to help us through this. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, all the more as you saw, see, uh, encourage one another. Encourage one another. Don't be unintentional with your encouragement. In other words, verbalize appreciation. Verbalize it. Verbalize it to them. Encourage each other spiritually. When, when, when someone does something, ladies, when your husband does something, don't go, finally. Encourage him. Thank you for doing that. Men, husbands, do that with your wife and your children. You know, it's like pick up your toys and they do. And it's like, what? And be intentional in, in, in praising that. You have a teenager driving. And they come home and the car is in one piece. Thank you. Titus 2, 11 to 14 says, For the grace of God has appeared. 
bringing salvation for all people. The result is not about us. In other words, ladies, moms, this is not just about you. Okay? There's a bigger reason for why we do what we do as husbands, as wives, as moms, as dads, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. In other words, why do we do what we do? Why does a, a, a wife or a mom do what she does? It's not just for my kids to leave the house and make money and get a job and be successful. Everything we should do should be about a spiritual connection. Their salvation to, to eradicate ungodliness, to give that hope that godly lives in the present age, okay? to be self-controlled, to learn these things so that ultimately we're, people are drawn to the gospel because of our lives. God's grace makes the gospel available to everyone. No mom is without hope. Some of you may even here have a mom that's unsaved. She's lost. Until their life is over, God can do his work. And we can keep praying. And, and, and for moms that may be not living the way they should, they're a follower of Christ, but they're not, just not where they need to be. God can still work in their life. The gospel compels us to say no to sin. How? How does the gospel compel us to leave our life of sin? What is the gospel? The good news? The good news of salvation? What's the gospel? According to Corinthians Okay, so the good news, the gospel, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So how does that compel us to say no to sin? Yeah. Because it is the love of God that makes us say no to sin. The love of God. And the love of God did what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. My sin lose sin for Jesus on the cross. He had to suffer and die. First Peter 3.18 For Christ also the one suffered for sin the just for the unjust so that he could bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit. And so that gospel says to us as an individual man or woman boy or girl Lord help me to live holy because of what you've done for me. The gospel allows us to live self-controlled lives. That we can say no. We, we're, we're not controlled by somebody else. We have the right and ability to do what we need to do. That God 
with, with his strength, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And again, as a reminder, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me it is related to our spiritual lives. Okay? In other words, I can live with blessings. I can live with nothing. I can do what God has called me to do because he's with me. It doesn't mean uh, that I, I'm going to play in the NBA one day because I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They're not going to take me. Or like my cartoon that I put up several weeks ago uh, with a man struggling trying to open a jar of pickles. And he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And his wife lovingly says to him, it's a pickle jar, Tom. Twist the lid, not the scripture. <laughs> lovingly. Keep trusting the Lord as we wait for his salvation. I can't tell you the number of times Cheryl has said, I am so looking for Jesus. Come quickly. I am so ready for the Lord to return. You know, I, I remember going through Bible college, you know, at Liberty and getting ready to get married. And I can imagine, thinking, Lord, please don't come now. <laughs> really? I'll be excited. And I, people are all over, you know, Christians all over all they, they want him to wait sometimes, and some are ready for him to come now. But God's timing is perfect, amen? And I just want to say to all the, the, the ladies that are here and also the moms that are in here, and to the moms that are still alive and the moms that have, been, that have gone on before us, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the sacrifices that you make, the lives of your husband, the lives of your children. It's not unnoticed. And we can learn from each other. Grace, love, forgiveness, encouragement, hope, peace. In the midst of a life that's challenging, Thank you for all that you do. That truly makes not just a difference now, but for eternity. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the gift of creation of Adam and Eve. You bless them in the garden sin messed it up. I can't imagine the first couple to have two sons and to have one of them kill his brother. The grieving that mom had to go through and the wonder about I'm the mother of all mothers and I've raised a son to murder. God, in the midst of everything, may we give grace May we give mercy and peace and encouragement and comfort and love the way you give. Lord, thank you for this day, and I pray that each and every day we would honor you and, and honor those around us. 
who have sacrificed so much. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great week.